Thank you. <laughs> I always forget that. I just want to remind everybody that uh, to be faithful in your giving, you know, you can't outgive God, and and He loves and loves and loves a cheerful giver. And uh, you can give. There are several ways you can give. You can um, write checks and send them to the address that you see up here. And also, you can go on our website, and you can pay by PayPal. So I just really want to encourage you to be faithful during this season in your giving. Amen? Amen. Well, today we are, uh, it's May 2nd. And so I want to speak a prayer that goes along with the counting of the owner right now. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us by his commandments and commanded us concerning the counting of the Omer. Today, May 2nd, is 23 days, which is three weeks and two days of the Omer. Father, we thank you for this season that you've commanded us to observe. And Lord, we have an expectation, Lord, in just a few weeks, Lord, as we celebrate Shavuot, Pentecost, Father, we, we remember, Father, the, the giving of the Torah, and we remember the impartation of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to your people. And Lord, we are expecting that at this time, in a few weeks, Lord God, as we come to Shavuot, Lord, that this is going to be a time of great release from heaven, as we are in this new season, it's going to be an exciting time. So, Lord, we take thank you for this, this time of expectation in the counting of the Omer. And, Lord, as I share this message that you've given me, Lord, as we continue on with this theme of authority, Lord, I just pray your anointing upon me as I share this word. Lord, it wouldn't be just information, but revelation that leads to transformation. Lord, that's our desire always. Not just information, but revelation leading to transformation. So, Father, anoint your word too today as we read it in Yeshua's name. Amen. As I mentioned, this is the second part of a series or a, a, a message that I started last week on authority. Last week we talked about the intrinsic nature of authority, what it is, and and today I want to talk about it a little bit more and, and how God uses it in the connection between blessing and authority. See, today there's much, much confusion between power and authority. Matter of fact, they're almost interchangeable and in that there's huge differences between power and authority. Today I see a lot of people who are power hungry, who just want power for the sake of power. And it's usually about self and building self up and wanting something. It's kind of a selfish, selfish motive. Power is the ability to influence through your own personal traits or your own abilities to impose upon others. Authority is different. Authority is a position that we're in that's legitimately given by somebody greater to a lesser for specific purposes. So it's not just about building your own self up, but it's about fulfilling purposes given by, in this case, God. So that's what we want to talk about. Last week we talked about the nature of authority Three areas that were, first of all, were seated with him. 
were seated with him to bless and to heal. And I really sense that we are in a season, like I mentioned earlier, of release, where God wants to release us into our callings, into our giftings. And that's why we've been in this season of introspection where we've got an opportunity to really search our, our hearts and our lives to get rid of things that aren't pleasing to the Lord, but also distract us and, and keep us, hinder us from doing those things. So this is a season of release, and it's also a season, season of being realigned to the position of being mobilized. So in other words, we can be released in our giftings and callings, but then positioning ourselves to be mobilized by the Lord to whatever he wants to, to do for us. It may be a calling into missions. It may be a calling into uh, a ministry that you, it's something that's been on your heart. It may be a business. It may be something in your family. So he seated us with him, and it's about releasing and restoring his body, but also bringing restoration in the world. He ascended above all, how, uh, above all powers and principalities. And based on his finished work at the cross, Yeshua was ascended above all powers and principalities. He's above everything on heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And secondly, because of his ascension, it says in the New Testament that we are seated with him in that same place with access through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And I just, we need revelation of our position in him. I mentioned this last week, 95 times in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, it talks about an in-him relationship. But many of us don't really have a revelation of what that really means, that we are seated with him where he is at in the spiritual realm. We're so focused on worldly things in this, this present world, we, we kind of miss the fact that we're seated with him in heavenly places. And thirdly, we talked about this, is that he established in his ascension, in the fact that we are seated with him, he's established a culture of authority in the body of Messiah. We talk about the fivefold ministry, but there's more than that. It's a culture of authority to equip and to prepare us, the bride, the body of Messiah, to rule and to reign with him. That's the purpose of authority, really, is that we would bless and rule and reign with him. And that culture of authority is based on mutual submission, mutual honor, I'm hearing myself come back to me. Okay, we're back now. Millie's been playing with the gadgets again. <laughs> so it's based on mutual submission, mutual honor, love, and servanthood. So today I want to talk about the true purpose, the purpose of authority. We talked about what it was last week. Today I want to talk about the purpose of it. We read in Bereshit and Genesis, it kind of lays out blessing and authority right there in the first chapter. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 22, 26, and 28. Let me read these verses. And God blessed them, the living creatures, 
by saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the water in the seas, and let the flying creatures multiply on the earth. Verse 26, And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Think about that for a minute. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the flying creatures of the sky, and over the livestock, and over the, the whole earth, and over every crawling creature that crawls on the land. Verse 28, he amplifies this more. God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the land, and conquer it. You know that word conquer? Um, we've, we kind of conquer in today's lingo is almost like to rule over, to really put down and to put in, some, in place something. But it's actually joining together in partnership with God to rule in a righteous way is what it is. To rule over the fish of the sea, the flying creatures of the sky, and over every animal that crawls on the land. You see, God in his wisdom, man, he's got, he created this divine order. This perfect divine order that we see in the beginning of Bereshit. And it was mandate given to, that was clear, and the mandate was bless and rule and conquer, which means to reign in a beneficial way, not in a crushing way. And that mandate is in our biological and our spiritual DNA. And because we're made in his image, we look like him, we are called to continue and to extend and to multiply his presence on planet Earth. That's what authority is all about. In a sense, we were created to be God's representatives because we look like him. We are not God. We're not going to be raised up to be God, but we are in a position of being his representatives, like an ambassador on planet Earth to every part of planet Earth. So how? How is that? How did he do that? First of all, like I said, being like him. And that's where I said, you know, the goal of discipleship is to become like Yeshua, to be to become like Jesus, to look like him, to think like him, to, to act like him. That's what God has called us to do. And that is the beginning of a proper understanding of authority is, is being like God in that aspect. Secondly, on earth, being fruitful in multiplying. That doesn't just mean creating people that look physically like us, but discipling others into Yeshua so that they would look like him too. In other words, multiplying who we are called to be, extending who we are called to be to others. And thirdly is having God's authority. He's given us that mandate, as we read in Genesis chapter 1, over all of creation. Exercising mandate, that mandate 
that's been given to us, but exercising it in righteousness. And see, that's where there's been a confusion between power and authority. Power is, is exercising that, but doing it in my way for my own selfish reasons, where authority is moving in what God has called us to do to rule and to reign over planet Earth. So when things are out of whack, or when things are out of alignment on planet Earth, you know, God says, repent and come back to him and learn to lead in a righteous, learn to govern, learn to walk in authority the way he's called us to. And that we are going to be a blessing to all creation. Today, there's a movement basically that says, you know, we are the problem with creation. We are the source of all the problems in creation and on, on planet Earth. And that was never meant to be. That's a lie. Authority is a blessing and should be seen as a blessing to people. It's not to be feared or avoided. I don't know about you, but you know, since I've been a believer in Yeshua for over 40 years, I've just I've sought out people that I can submit myself to. Knowing, and I know this, and you know this for me too, I'm, I'm, it's not about perfection. It's not about submitting yourself to somebody who's perfect and will never make a mistake, but recognizing an authority in somebody and, and just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to join with that person because my heart, it, it, it rings with them. And so that's what it's all about. It's not something to be feared. And I think there's almost been a come of a fear of authority in too many people. Authority, bad. The root in Hebrew is samach. Samach. That's the root for the word authority. And it literally means to lay hands on someone. Literally means to lay hands on somebody. Speak words of authority and destiny over that person that you're laying hands on. And I believe that God was hands-on in creation. <laughs> you know? We are formed out of the dust of the earth. There was a hands-on and then he spoke authority and he spoke destiny. And that, I think, is still the way authority is, is imparted, is through that laying on the hands and also the speaking of the words of authority and destiny. We see that throughout the scriptures. Jacob blessed his sons. He laid his hands on them, blessed them. We do this in the ironic blessing when we call our, you know, I call Millie up here and I put the Talit over us and, and, you know, when the father blesses his children on the Shabbat, there's a placing of the hands on the child and a blessing, placing of a father's name on that child. There's an authority transfer that takes place. It's not just some kind of symbol. It's actual authority that's transferred. And we all see this as authority is transferable. Remember, authority was given to man, a creation. But man abdicated that authority and basically gave that authority to the devil. It was a tangible thing. And man abdicated that, gave it to Satan. But even in that abdication of authority, God still presented himself with his people. He still 
loved on them. He called a people out of, out of Abraham. He, he called a people um, out of Egypt, and he, and he gave them statues, and he says, you're my people, and I'm your God. He visited with them in, 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 um, uh, in the flesh. He came. Yeshua, the person of, of Yeshua, came and visited with them. So it wasn't like he abandoned them because of this transference of authority. But until the season, until the time was right, and then Yeshua came, lived that perfect sinless life without sin, took our sin upon himself, and Yeshua ripped back that authority from the devil, the cross that we just celebrated uh, Passover just a few weeks ago and we celebrated that, we remembered that and that was not just him taking our sins and our sickness upon himself, who didn't, he didn't deserve it, we did, but it was, a, it was taking back that authority that the enemy had taken actually that the enemy was given and then Yeshua says in, in the Great Commission I have authority but I'm giving this authority to you to go into all the nations to preach the gospel you see, that transfer of authority has been taken about. So true authority is what is needed today. I mean, we're in the midst of a crisis. And we've seen our authority, those in, a, in, our, you know, in our government officials, and, and there's been decisions made, and this and that, and we've seen some who've really you know, taken, you know, done good things, and others, they've really gone overboard and walk into the area of power, but we need true authority today. And I believe that God is using this season to, to stir up his bride, his body, to walk in that authority. You know, there is no plan B. There is no, okay, this bride isn't doing very good. This church isn't doing very good. I've got to create a new church over here. That's not, that's not God's plan. He's going to use us. See, the problem is most desire authority, power for their own good. I mentioned that. That's called power. But Paul, Shaul, he understood true authority. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, he says, even, For even if I boast a little more about authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for tearing you down. That's the gist of authority right there, is to build you up, not to tear you down. And he goes on to say, I will not be put to shame. In other words, Paul understood the principle of authority, walked in it, reminded him, look, you know, I may rebuke you at times, and I may discipline you and speak some hard words, but it's for building you up, not for tearing you down. 2 Corinthians 13.10 says, for this reason, I write, the things, I write these things while I'm an while I am absent, so that when I am present, I need not proceed harshly, according to the authority which the Lord gave me. See, authority was given by the Lord to Shaul. And even in his absence, the people in um, Corinth, they understood his role of authority, even in his absence. There's nothing wrong in desiring authority. As a matter of fact, I would even go as far as to say, to desire authority, good biblical righteous authority is good. Matter of fact, we see this in 1 Timothy 3, 1. And it talks about overseers, talks about deacons, and, and it says, trustworthy is the saying, if any man aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a good work. So there's nothing wrong with desiring authority. 
You know, we all want to be better, better fathers and husbands and parents, a better employer, a better pastor, a better rabbi. We all desire to be better. Kent, you're here and you, you're a town manager and you want to be a better town manager tomorrow than you were yesterday, right? It's something that's in us and to walk with godly authority in that role that God has put you in. Actually, authority, every one of us has authority in some area. You might say, well, I don't really have authority. I just, I'm, I'm too old or I'm too young or I'm too this or I'm too that. But God has given us authority in every, or he's given us a realm of authority in, 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 in everything. You know, that's what I'm saying. We, uh, this is a, a season to be released in your calling. If you have a calling, then you have a realm of authority in that area. If you're released into your destiny, I think you have an authority in that destiny that God's called you to. The key, though, is we don't want to exercise authority in my own, for our own benefit. It's not for us. It's, it's, it's to please an audience of one, so to speak. It's to please God. It's, it's to see his kingdom go from, I want to see his kingdom. And this is, we wrote this right into our, into our, our vision statement. I want to see the kingdom of God go from the front range of Colorado into this city, into this state, into this nation, into Israel, and into the nations. Because I believe that's God's heart. That's what God desires. In Yeshua, several times, he warns us of having wrong motives in what we do. In the Sermon from the Mount, uh, I call it the Torah from the Mount, because basically he spoke Torah from the Mount of Beatitudes. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1, 5, and 16, and I want to read those verses. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to have no reward from my Father in heaven. But he says, don't practice your righteousness just to be seen by others. In verse 5, he says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. You see, this is part of the problem, is authority is not just about what other people are going to be thinking about you or being seen by others, but it's actually carrying out God's purposes on planet Earth, what he wants to see done. And then in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 6, it says, And whenever you fast, do not become sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they neglect their faces to make their fasting evident to men. They've received their reward. Wow. So don't, things, don't do things just to be praised by others and sometimes leadership. And I know this is a challenge for everybody who's in some role of leadership is, is we, we like to be liked. Hey, I'm going to be honest. We like to be liked by people. We like to be loved by people. We like to be appreciated by people. But if that is my motivator, I'm missing it. I'm missing it. Our audience is, like I mentioned, is to be an audience of one, the Father. Am I pleasing the Father? Am I pleasing Yeshua? It's him we desire to please. So we've been talking about authority and, and how the words that we use are vehicles of expressing authority. 
and blessing. See, that's why there's a key. There's a connection between authority and blessing. In the same words, you know, we can use words to bless righteous authority, or we can also use it to curse, too. In James chapter 3, 10, it says, From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be. Ephesians 4.29, excuse me. Ephesians 4.29. Let no harmful word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. Just in case you're wondering, my love language is affirmation. Words of affirmation. (laughs) Some of you know that. But I know that during this last six weeks of this quarantine and stay in place and the Lord's been showing me things and I've been even convicted, believe this, believe it or not, I've been convicted of some of the words that I've spoken, Kent. Yeah. Lately be speaking words that were not necessarily to build up. You know, you know, Michelle, you mentioned in, in your message some use sarcasm as kind of like a, it's a, a humor kind of way of communicating. But sarcasm um, also sometimes comes out of a heart that's hurt. And sometimes we don't know how that other person is receiving that. And so the Lord said to me, Stu, you need to be careful in the words that you say. And you see, I'm, I'm a, uh, an overseer. I'm a pastor of a congregation, a Messianic rabbi. And so uh, my words, um, I, there's a lot of weight being attached to them. So I need to be careful in the words that I speak. So God's been speaking to me about that. See, I desire a greater level of authority. I'm not satisfied in just walking in the authority. I I want more of his authority, more of his divine authority in my life. Desiring a greater level of authority requires greater self-control over our words. And I really believe that in these days, one of the things that the Lord is speaking to his body, to the church, is, you know, the gifts that we read about in Galatians chapter 5, one that's often overlooked is self-control. We need self-control in the area of our words and our behaviors and even in our thought life. Amen? And just also along with what Michelle was talking about in the Torah portion today, to the degree that we love others, to that degree we're willing to die to ourself, God releases greater authority. So let me say that again. To the, to the degree that we love others and are willing to die to ourselves, God releases a greater level of authority. I'm going to read some scriptures in John chapter 10. Starting in verse 15. Just as the Father knows me And I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not from this fold. Those also I must lead, and they will listen to my voice. So there shall be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life 
so that I may take it up again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Yeshua had all authority, yet laid that authority down, but then picked it back up, and he gives us authority. So how do we exercise more authority in him? Well, we've been talking about that is, you know, what is the highest and best that I can do for somebody else? Loving others to the degree that we love others and are willing to see the best happen in their life. To that degree, God will release more authority in our lives. How do we exercise more authority? Being like him. The goal of discipleship is to be like him. We come alongside people who are new believers in Yeshua and Jesus, not to, to tell them the rules and what the don'ts and the do's, but to show them Yeshua, to, to be an example of who Yeshua is and, and to learn together, to grow together, to be like him. And the goal of equipping, we've been talking about equipping, is to rule and to reign with him. So that's, they're together, discipleship and equipping to rule and to reign. And the more I look like Yeshua, the more I'm equipped to rule and to reign on planet Earth. To rule with him is to be more like him. Are my thoughts his thoughts? If not, then we need to be renewed in our thinking, don't we? Amen. Are my desires his desires? You know, he says he will give us the desires of our hearts, but are our desires his desires? Ruling is the highest level of serving the Lord. Ruling, serving, go hand in hand. Matthew 20, 26 is, but whoever wants to be great among you shall be your servant. You want to be great in the kingdom? You want to walk with great authority? Then be a servant. I want to kind of bring things to a close here. and Turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. This is a story we've all heard. We call it the rich young ruler. And um, it's, a, it's a very fascinating um, dialogue that takes place. So I'm going to be starting in verse 16. Now behold, one came to him and said, Teacher, what good shall I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Yeshua said to him, There is only one who is good, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he said. Yeshua said, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, okay, all these I've kept, the young man said to him. What do I still lack? You see, there was something that he knew that he still lacked in him. Yeshua said to him, if you wish to be perfect, stop. Right there where I just said, I used the word perfect. If Yeshua says, if you want to be perfect, whoa. 
Go, sell what you own, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he had much property. I don't know about you, but I came to a point in my life when I was a young man. I know you might think I'm still young, and I am young. But this is even when I was a lot younger. Man, I thought I'd been doing it all. And, and I remember coming to this place and say, you know, what, what more is there? What more is there? I've been doing pretty good. I'm, I'm a deacon in my church. You know, I've been on missions trips, and I'm a teacher, and I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing pretty good, Lord. I expected him to just go, wow, you are doing so awesome. I'm just so... And I remember just going out and telling God, I was walking, it was a beautiful spring day where we lived, and I was out walking around the lake, and, and I've shared this before to the congregation, I was just telling God how wonderfully blessed he was to have me and his family, and worship, no, no, I'm just kidding, but I was worshiping him, and then he broke through, and he says, you've become a, a slave to the American dream. In other words, there were some things that I was holding on to, and he spoke to me, but unlike this young man, and I'm not puffed myself up, but I said, you know what? You're right, God. I'm going to come and follow you. And I went home and I shared this with, with Millie, and we'd both been praying about going to missions. We'd had a call in our lives to go into the mission field. We'd sensed it for a couple of years at that point. But I was, I liked my house. I liked my cars. I liked my stuff. And I was pretty contented with things. And it wasn't that I didn't love the Lord, but the Lord was calling me into a deeper, deeper walk with him. It was about authority, you know. Hey, you want more authority? And so I remember repenting and saying, oh, God, yes, I have become a, a slave to the American dream. I thought the American dream was the end all and all, the, all, the be all and end all. When I shared with Mary, we both repented. And, and, and the Lord sold our house within two weeks and, and launched us into um, a lifestyle change that we're still walking in some 33 years later. But it was because I decided, you know what? I'm not interested in just checking the boxes anymore. The, the rich young ruler, you look at his life, and he'd been doing all these things, and he was basically saying, Lord, Yeshua, what are the minimum requirements for eternal life? Well, you do this, and you do this, and you do this. Keep the Ten Commandments. He's checking the boxes, done that, done that, done that. How many of us have ever done that in our lives? Check the boxes, doing that. Yeshua said, keep the Ten Commandments. But if you want to be perfect, leave it all and follow me. That is getting to the heart of the matter for that young man. He knew what he had. It was a lot. He was wealthy. He enjoyed it. It was too much for him. The disciples are listening to all this dialogue going on between Yeshua and this young man. And they're saying, what do we get? We've left it all. Yeshua, we've left it all to follow you. What do we get from this? Yeshua talks to them and responds to them in, chapter, in, in Matthew 19, verse 28. Verse 20, he says, Yeshua said to them, Amen. I tell you, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne in the new world, you who have followed me shall also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What do they get? Well, you'll rule and reign with me. You see, going back to the things that this young man was holding on to, 
Those things can be hindrances. Those things can be distractions. They're not necessarily bad in themselves. But if we're holding on to these things and God is saying, I want to take you further. I want to take you more into perfection with me. Those things can be hindrances, distractions, excuses, false comforts. Hello? That keep me from walking in divine authority that we were called to. See, we've been called to walk in authority on planet Earth. And I'm not, I'm not one of those kingdom now people who says that, boy, we can just take over the whole kingdoms of the world. I don't believe that at all. But I do believe that we are here to expand his kingdom farther and farther. By, by, by pre preaching the kingdom, by pre preaching and proclaiming Yeshua to more and more people. Grace and righteousness are the primary qualities of authority. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. We're coming to the close here. For if by one's man, for one man's tr transgression, death reigned through the one, how much more shall those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Messiah Yeshua. You see, he's given his righteousness to us. That's that transfer of authority. He's called us into his family. He's called us to walk with a greater level of authority than we've ever had before. He's given us the gift of righteousness, the gift of grace to reign in life through the one, not to be victims not to be doormats, but to reign in life, but in a righteous reigning. See, that's been our destiny from the beginning, going back all the way to Bereshit, chapter 1, where the mandate of authority was given to Adam. That's our destiny. He's inviting us to rule and reign. He's inviting us to see things from his perspective. I use this term a lot, to see things from that 30,000 foot perspective. You may be in a storm down here, but God says, but I want to take you up to where you're seated, and I want you to see what I'm doing through you in this situation. You see, I believe, and I'm going to close with this, is that we're in a season of a new wineskin. It's a season of release where many of you are going to be released in your callings and destinies. You're sensing that even now. You're itching to get out. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to start our services up here. As a matter of fact, we're going to be starting up here next week. But it's also a season of realignment where God says, you know those things that you've been holding on to? And you know, you know what they are. Um, you know, I love you so much. I, I come into an alignment with, with my Ruach HaKodesh, and, and you'll see. You can trust me in this. Just get rid of those things. Those are distractions. Those are false comforts. God is saying, follow me. Follow me. I'm going to take you to places that you'd never thought of before. It's a season that we're going into of kingdom expansion. I believe that through all of this, we're going to see a greater move of the Holy Spirit here in the United States, in Israel, and in the nations than we have ever seen before. I believe there's an end days revival. There's also an end days falling away, too. I believe that they both can happen at the same time. But I'm on the revival part of things. 
I'm saying, man, God's going to be opening up doors. I'm going to even be speaking this, that we're going to be taking groups into Iran, into Syria, into Iraq, into places throughout the world. That, you know what, there's burgeoning churches that are, ta- that are, that are, that are on fire in those places where persecution, it, it, it costs to be a believer there. But God is, is doing this in these days. He's preparing his bride for his return. Amen? Amen? Father, I just thank you for the season that you've allowed us to go through. But even more importantly, Lord, the season that you are leading us into, a new wineskin. And Lord, I pray that your Ruach HaKodesh, I pray for an infilling, Lord, an infilling and an overflowing of your spirit on us, Lord God, that we would see you high and lifted up and that we would walk in a greater authority as we get rid of those things that are causing hindrances, that are causing us to go, no, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to do that. That's scary. That's fear. Father, in the name of Yeshua, the fear must go. In the presence of the Lord, there is no fear. In the presence of the Lord, there is healing. In the presence of the Lord, there is joy. And Father, we come against that depression on some that, that's held them back. They'll say, oh, if I get through this depression, I'll be able to do. God is saying in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Yeshua right now, we speak to that depression. Be gone. And Lord, I pray that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. Hallelujah. God is doing some incredible things. I'm getting excited. I'm just getting ready to preach now. No, I'm not. But I just think we need to have a time of just uh, focus, refocus, refocus as we worship him. Because that's going to be a key is as we worship him and our ears are open and in tune and all the, all the, the other voices are tuned out, we're hearing from heaven and we're being released to what God is calling us. So, Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing individually, but also thank you what you're doing in our families in our congregations and in our cities and in your bride in Yeshua's name. Amen. Why don't we just...